Be seated, friends. It's good to see you again. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a question for you. Who is not going to start Christmas shopping until December the 24th? Anybody in here like that bad of a procrastinator? A couple of people are honest. Probably for everyone who raised their hand, there was a couple who didn't, right? Who was done when December started? Any, anybody in here like that? All right, a couple of people are like that. All right, God bless you for your preparedness, right? And anybody started, hasn't finished yet, but relatively comfortable that they'll get it done in time and not panic? Okay, very good. I, uh, I have to tell you, there's a guy that I follow on social media. He is, uh, what do you call him, like a personal trainer. And I personally feel good about myself when I follow people online who are into exercise. Like it just makes me feel like I'm doing something, right? I see them working out. I feel out of breath. I feel like I've gotten my workout in for the day, right? He's a personal trainer and he, he went online and he's like, hey, everybody, listen, I've got a free gift for you. And it's a free 30-minute session of cardio with me, but you've got to earn it. And he did this contest where whoever you had to count your steps for that week and whoever had the most steps won the free 30-minute uh, you know, cardio session. And I was thinking to myself, I have two problems with this. First of all, if you walk the most, you need the cardio session the least, it should be the one who walked the least that wins the cardio session, right? But the second thing, probably more substantial, the problem that I had with this is I was thinking to myself, wait a second, you're not supposed to have to earn a gift. He's like, I've got this free gift for you, but you have to earn it. I was like, no, thank you. I just needed a reason to not participate, right? Like, I didn't want to participate, and he gave me that out, right? I have a theological objection to this. A gift should be free. <laughs> but that did make me think about this series. Uh, Christmas, there is a gift for all people. We've looked at that, haven't we? If you're a guest here today, we welcome you. We have been walking through this season where we have been thinking about in our head and our heart the importance of Christmas, the importance of Christianity. And we've looked at the fact that in the Christmas story, there's a gift for the skeptic. In the Christmas story, there's a gift for all nations. And so we've been walking through this series thinking about Christmas in terms of being a gift to all people. And this morning, I want to answer the question, why? What about Christmas or what about the Christian faith creates an environment in which we can honestly, with full integrity, say for all people, this is a gift? And I, I wanted to share three reasons for that this morning. If you have your notes, you see that we're going to talk about three reasons that Christmas slash the Christian faith is a gift for all people. And then I want you to know that once we finish that, I'd like to give you some three challenges over the next 30 days for you to think about in terms of, okay, how do I apply what we've looked at this morning and how do I download that into my life? How do I apply this in my everyday life? And we're going to talk about that as well. But, but first, let's think in terms of why is Christmas 
a gift for all. And I'm going to just start. I'm going to jump right in. No more introduction. No more warm-ups. Let's just jump right into it. Reason number one that Christmas is a gift for all is because a gift must be received and accepted. And I believe with my whole heart that that is the story of the gospel. There's been a gift that's been extended to us. The question is, are we going to receive it? Are we going to accept it? Think about this. Think about how strange and awkward it would be for you if at the end of your Christmas shindig or ceremony or participation or party or whatever you do on Christmas as you're uh, perhaps giving some gifts and exchanging gifts with people that you love. Imagine if you would that there's a gift with your name on it under the tree and you get to the very end and you know there's a gift for you under the tree and you just kind of go, nah, you know, I think I'll save that for next year. Who would do that? Nobody would do that. Like, even if you're not like me, even if you're like cool and casual and collected and, and I love getting gifts. And so I'm always looking where's my name? Oh, this one's for Caleb. Oh, here, Caleb and Hannah and Sophia and Crystal. But I'm always looking like, where's the, where's my name? Right. Even if you're not like me, even if, if, if you don't feel that excitement as much, but if you had that gift under the tree and everybody was looking at you going, are you going to open that gift? And, and you just said, mm, probably not. Like, I just, I know that it's there. That's meaningful to me. I know it's there. I know that if I ever get to a place in life where I need a gift, I know it's there. If I ever feel hungry internally for a gift, I can come back to it. No, that is not what we do on Christmas, right? We see the gift and we're thinking to ourselves, bring it. Because we're ready to open gifts. Listen, I, I want you to understand that is the Christian story. God in Christ has offered a gift to us. And if you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's almost like you're saying that, right? Like, you know that Jesus was given for us. You know that he led this sinless life and he was crucified on the cross and he conquered death and he sits at the right hand of the Father. You know that's a gift for us. But some of us, for some reason, are still kind of doing this thing. Where we're like, well, I know that gift is there. One day I may open it, right? But... I'm just going to wait. No, this gift is a gift that is to be received and accepted. Now, let me give you some scriptures this morning. I want you to maybe make notes if you're the type that likes to write these things down. I want to give you these couple of scriptures. One is in Romans chapter 6. The reason that I'm sharing these scriptures with you is because the word of God speaks of the Christian faith, specifically salvation, as a gift and that's why we're talking about the Christian story being a gift for all people. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but in Christ there is this free gift of God. It's called salvation. That's what the scripture says. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice it uses the word gift. That's a very significant thing, right? Because again, a gift must be received and it must be accepted. The wages of sin is death. And I know this morning that I don't have to convince anybody in here that we are sinners. We know that we are sinners. We can look back on our past week, month, and year 
and pinpoint places in our life that demonstrate to us that we are sinners. I know that we all recognize that. The scripture says in Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so why do I say, why do we do this whole series where Christmas is a gift for all? Because salvation is a gift. Romans 6, 23. Here's another one. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus and he says, For it is by grace through faith that you have been saved. He's talking to the church. It's by grace through faith that you have been saved. Not by works lest any of us should be boastful and become arrogant about our salvation. He goes on to say that salvation is a gift of God. And I know that a lot of us here do a lot of good things. We're involved in important programs. We give our time to nonprofit organizations. We do this and we do that. There's a lot of good works that are represented here today. And those are great things. But the scripture teaches us that it isn't by good works that we receive or earn salvation. It's not something that we do. Salvation is a gift that we open, that we accept, that we receive. And so again, the Bible talks about salvation in terms of a gift. So reason one, a gift is to be received and opened. And in Christmas time and the salvation that came with Jesus coming, that is a gift that is to be received and opened. Now, the second reason, if you didn't grow up in church, when you write this phrase down, it may seem a little off to you, may seem a little strange, but I promise I'm going to explain it. But the second reason that I passionately believe that Christmas is a gift for all people is because you are included in the whoever. You are included in the whoever. There's a really important uh, story in the Bible of a man by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a spiritual religious person He knew a lot about the Bible. He had studied the Bible a lot. And he was around when the time that Jesus was alive on earth, okay? And so he saw what Jesus was doing. He saw what he was teaching. He saw the miracles that Jesus was performing. He he saw Jesus healing people and casting out demons. And so he went at night and he got in front of Jesus and he said, Jesus, we know you're from God. Because if you weren't, you wouldn't be able to do all of this amazing stuff. And Jesus and Nicodemus have this incredible conversation. And in the midst of that conversation, Jesus says to him this quote that those of us who did grow up in church probably memorized at a very young age, right? John 3, 16. And if you didn't grow up in church, I encourage you now to write this verse down and commit it to memory. It's it's a fundamentally important verse For us to understand why Jesus came to earth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I stand on this platform today dear friend and deliver good news. You are included in the whoever. You are a part of the whoever. When Jesus looked at Nicodemus in the eyes that evening and he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have life, you are a part 
of that whoever. That's why I think Christmas is such a tremendous, incredible, awe-evoking gift because we are a part of whoever. Whoever believes in Jesus will not perish but have everlasting life. It doesn't matter what your background is. There's no background that's represented in this room today that disqualifies you from being included in the whoever. There's no sin that you've committed in the past that disqualifies you from being in the whoever. There's no socioeconomic status. There's no ethnicity. There's no upbringing. There's no worldview that disqualifies you from being in the whoever. Whoever will believe on Jesus Christ will not perish but have everlasting life. That's a tremendous gift. It's not earned. It's to be received and accepted. Why do I think Christmas is such a gift? Well, reason one, because it's a gift that must be received and accepted. But reason two, because we are included in the whoever. Now, if you just read verses 16 through 18 in John chapter 3, you see that term whoever several times. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Whoever. Why is Christmas a gift for all? Because all of us. You, me, your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers, the people you don't like, the people you kind of like, all of us fit under that category of whoever. Whoever believes in Christ has eternal life. That's good news. That is a gift, isn't it? Now, before I share with you a couple of challenges, some exhortations that I want to share with you, I want to give you this third reason that I believe that Christmas is such an incredible gift or a reason that uh, Christianity is such an important gift for all people. And, And if you're making notes this morning, would you write this down? The birth of Jesus is only the beginning of the gift. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, Every year in my household, in some form or fashion, this is what happens. There's either a box that's been wrapped or a gift bag that's been given. And somebody in my family goes to either open it or get into the bag to see what the gift is. And they pull something out and they, you know, you know the thing, right? Oh, this is awesome. I was hoping I would get one of these for Christmas. And you know, I was, just, I was just praying, oh God, can I have one of these? And, or however it is that you say thank you, right? Like, oh, thanks so much. And then inevitably, at least once uh, uh, at Christmas time, we take the box or the bag and we go to put it to the side so the next gift can be open. And whoever gave it says, no, 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 wait. There's something else in the bag. There's something else in the box. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So you get it back out and you go in and you pull something else and you're like, oh, this is so cool. Thank you so much. It's so awesome. Like, 
And then you go, no, wait. And it's almost like that TV commercial, but wait, there's more, right? There's, and you go back, and so this happens several times. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't see it in there. I didn't know that something else was in the bottom of the bag, and you pull it out. And you have this experience of going, oh, I thought this was the gift, but there's more to the gift. Let me pull that out and look, and okay, that's awesome, but wait, there's more to the gift. Let me go in and pull that part of the gift out. And you pretty, pretty soon you discover, man, there was a lot of thought that went into this. And I pulled this one part out and I thought like, oh, this was nice. But when you look at it in context of the whole gift, it really makes sense. And you needed to be told, keep going, open the entire gift. And what I want to say to you this morning is exactly that. If you think that the birth of Christ is the only part of the story worth celebrating, you need to open the entire gift. You need to open the entire gift. It, it's almost like at Christmas time, we pull that one part out, right? And we sing these songs. We think about God coming near and we love it. But that's not the whole gift. Because not only was Jesus born, but he lived for years and years and years. Most scholars think about 33 years is how long Jesus was on earth before he was crucified. And he spent time in the temple teaching and in the synagogues teaching. And he spent a lot of time out in the streets healing people and ministering to people. And he spent a lot of time doing a lot of different things. And then he went to the cross and he suffered and died for us. And then they put him in the tomb and then you know the story of Easter, right? Like he was resurrected. He is alive today. And what I've discovered over the course of over 20 years now in ministry is that oftentimes people know the story of the birth of Jesus and the Easter story where he came out of the tomb. And a lot of times we're not cognizant that there's a lot that happened in between that. And it's almost like we, we pull one part of the gift out and we celebrate it and then we put the story to the side. But I want to tell you this morning, keep digging because there is a lot of gift to open when you're thinking about the gospel, when you're thinking about the life of Jesus, when you're thinking about the kingdom of God. One of the reasons that, this, that the Christian faith is such a gift, that the Christmas story is such a gift, is because it is simply the beginning. And I want to encourage you this morning by saying that to you. And, and as a church, we want to help people discover what is more, you know, like what else is there for us? And because we want to do that, starting in January, we're actually going to do a long teaching series here on Sunday mornings where we kind of fill in the story of what Jesus was like and what he did between his birth and when he was crucified and resurrected. We're going to do a long teaching series on who Jesus was, what he said, what did he do, what made him happy, what did he criticize, what were Jesus's values. Like We're going to study that because I don't want to just stand up here and say, open the whole gift, good luck, go do it. I want to help you do that. And so starting in January, we're going to do a series where we do exactly that. We open the whole gift. We understand the birth. Uh, we understand the Easter story where Jesus conquered death. And now we want to fill in the blanks and help people to understand what all did Jesus do when he was here? What all did he say? What excited him? What frustrated him? 
You know, what did he say that was inspiring? What did he say that was hard to swallow? We're going to we want to help you to do that. So we invite you to come to that series. So the three reasons of why Christmas is such a gift for all is because like giving and receiving gifts at Christmas time, the Christian faith is one that's to be received and accepted. Listen, don't let it sit off to the side thinking to yourself, well, I'll open that gift one day. No, open it today. Receive the gospel today. Receive Jesus today. Uh, It's too important to let it sit somewhere to the side. It's too important to say, I'll get to that one day. Today is the day for you to say, you know what? I want to receive that gift of salvation. Uh, I want to receive that gift that Romans 6 talks about and Ephesians 2 talk about. I want to know not just that I have a gift, but I want to know that I've opened it and that I've received it and I've accepted it. And so that brings me to three challenges. And when I say challenges, I don't mean things that are hard to get over. Like what I'm talking about this morning are three exhortations from your pastor's heart. Like as we think about Christmas, as we've looked at this whole series through our Advent time of Christmas being a gift for all people and we understand that Christmas is a gift for each one of us and we've looked at the reasons this morning, I want to close this teaching series by just giving you some exhortations, some ways to bring it home, some ways to live out what it is that we've been looking at for so many weeks now. And and, and I want to give you three exhortations before we close. We're going to give these three, and then we're going to have a time of prayer, and then we're going to close our time by singing one more awesome Christmas carol before we close today and leave from this place. But I want to share with you these exhortations. The first exhortation is to have a Christ-centered Christmas. And I want you to know this morning that wherever you're at in life, you can have a Christ-centered Christmas. Some of us are here today and we are soaring and we're on cloud nine and life is good for us and the holidays have been a blessing and Thanksgiving was perfect and Christmas looks like it's going to be lovely and things are good. And I want to remind you that even when things are good, You need to focus on Jesus. You need to keep your eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And I also want to say to you that uh, we acknowledge that there are people here who are struggling right now. that That are grieving, that are walking through some hard times in life. Some relationship issues, some people past perhaps from your life, some financial issues, just the burdens have stacked up. I want you to know, I want you to know that you also can still have a Christ-centered Christmas. So whether things are really good or things are really bad or things are so-so, I exhort you to make Jesus the focal point of your Christmas time. Now listen, let me give you uh, an admission. The Nicholson family listens to Christmas music like you would not believe. Most of you know that. Like if you know me, you know that I love Christmas music. And we rock around the Christmas tree, okay? Like we have that playing. We are getting hippopotamuses for Christmas, right? (laughs) 
what's the donkey one? Dominic, right? I just, I don't know about that song. But anyway, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We, we, we play those songs, all right? But there's nothing, there's nothing like Silent Night, Away in a Manger. Hark the herald, hark the herald, the angels sing glory to the newborn king. And even the song that Evan and the team led us, I always lose my breath. I lose it right there every time. I can't finish it ever. I mean, there's just nothing better than those songs. So as you're rocking around the Christmas tree and you're thinking about getting a hippopotamus for Christmas, can I just remind you to make sure that your playlist also centers on Jesus. Make sure that you have a Christ-centered Christmas. Enjoy the old cartoons. You know, I'm an 80s kid, so Frosty has a special place in my heart. I kind of love watching The Grinch. You know, like all of these shows are awesome, but can I just remind you that those are not the reason for Christmas? Make sure that in all of your hearing and telling of these Christmas stories, that you as a family read the Christmas story. Open the Word of God. And sit down and read in Luke, the opening chapters in Luke, and, and Matthew, the opening chapters of Matthew. And, and really make sure that in the midst of all the festivities and all the fun, which I want you to have, that it's Christ-centered. The second exhortation that I want to share with you is open the entire gift. Open the entire gift. And I share this with everyone, but on my heart this morning... Uh, There's a burden for the people that I know and love, those of you who are here today, who know a lot about the birth of Jesus story, and you know a lot about the Easter story, but everything like in between is a little mixed up and unknown for you. I want to plead with you to learn the entire story of Jesus. Open the entire gift. And so if that's where you find yourself this morning, if you think to yourself, man, I know a ton about the Christmas story, and I know a ton about the Easter story, about Jesus being resurrected from the dead. I know a lot about uh, the angels appearing to the shepherds uh, out in the fields, and I know a lot about the angels announcing that he is not here, he has risen. But whatever's in between, I don't know too much about that. I want to exhort you to open the entire gift, and the fellowship is a place that will help you do that. And the third pastoral exhortation, the third challenge for you is to make spiritual growth central to your New Year's commitment. Now, maybe even me saying New Year's commitment stresses you out a little bit. You're like, wait, pastor, we haven't even done Christmas yet. What are you talking about? Don't start talking about New Year's resolutions and commitments and promises and desires and all of that jazz. Like we haven't even opened gifts yet. I know. But listen, it's coming, right? We've got the week leading up to Christmas, and then we've got that foggy week between Christmas and New Year's where nobody knows what day it is, and you don't know where you're supposed to be, and you don't know what to do, right? You're just like, I'm just here, right, waiting on the new year. And then you have the new year, and it's like the new year, new me, right? 22 is going to be my best year yet, and I'm going to do all of these awesome things. And, and I want you to, but can I just tell you this? The most important thing you could do 
is to make spiritual growth your priority. The most important thing that you could do is to make sure that in 2022, where it's the new year, the new you, that the central focus of your life is to take a step in your faith, is to grow in your connection to Jesus. And I really want to encourage you to make sure that you attend to those three things, having a Christ-centered Christmas, that you're opening the entire gift of the gospel, not just the birth story, but the entire story of Jesus, and that your New Year commitment centralizes on a commitment for you to grow in the Christian faith. What I want to do this morning is pray with you and pray for you. And then we're going to end by celebrating God coming near to us. We're going to sing joy to the world together before we go this morning. But let's pray together before we do that. Would you bow? Would you just take a moment and ask yourself this question? Have you opened the gift of salvation? Not do you know that it exists. Not do you know that it is through Jesus. My question for you this morning. Have you received it and have you accepted it? You may not know how to. And if you want to this morning and you don't really know how, it's, it's not complex. It's something like, Lord, honestly, I don't even know how to open this gift, but I want it. I want salvation. I want forgiveness. I know I can't save myself. I know that I need to be saved. And I want you to save me, Lord. I want that gift. I want to open that gift of forgiveness this morning. You can do that right where you're sitting right now. Maybe you're here this morning and you needed that reminder to stay focused on Christ over the next several weeks. There's a lot of fun and good things that revolve around the Christmas season. But the best thing is to focus on Jesus. The original Christmas story. Some of you this morning needed to be reminded that there's more to the life of Jesus than his birth and his conquering death, the Easter story. And this morning you need to make that commitment to really open the whole gift. I hope that you'll do that right now. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters, my friends who are here this morning preparing themselves for a week of, for many, excitement and joy. For others, perhaps uh, difficulty and sorrow. 
but that all chose to be here this morning to prepare their hearts and to worship you uh, is so special. We've had a great morning, Lord, in your presence, singing these great songs, thinking about the gift that you've brought to us. And so we just offer ourselves to you, Lord. We just say, Lord, you are the gift, but we give ourselves to you. We want to know the whole story. We want to follow more deeply. We want to have a better, stronger, deeper faith, but we need you to help us to do that. And so we say those things to you this morning as we get ready to go from this place. You truly are our focus. Thank you. Help us to share that focus with others, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.